0: Good evening, good evening. Kia ora. So glad to be with you on what is a Fijoa-infused edition of Wednesday Night with Nige. Um, got plenty of great sporting subjects for us to talk about. Why is it Fijoa-infused? Uh, it's because my wife has been preparing Fijoa jelly. So it's it's a bit of a process, which obviously involves the stewing of reasonable amounts of Fijoa. Um, but what it does is it just leaves the Beautiful, really beautiful aroma just floating around uh the area where I'm living at the moment, so it just smells delightful and in probably I think it's around a fortnight's time, maybe once we go through the process we will have some lovely feed fijoa jam, which is what my wife makes with it, but at the moment it just smells delightful. Personally, dislike Fijoas. Not a big fan of the raw fruit, but it's kind of like the relationship I have with tomatoes. Love tomato sauce um, love, um, sort of, uh, tomato salsa, that sort of a thing, but I just, I can't stand raw tomatoes, it just doesn't sit with me, I love tomato soups and that sort of a thing, and the sauces that they use for spaghetti and the likes of that there, uh, but when it comes to Fijoas, it's the same, can't stand raw Fijoa, but the actual taste of it, like on a crumble or in a jelly or, bought my wife some Fijoa gin for a Mother's Day, um, Really nice, really, really nice. Um, So there you go, that's the reason why I'm feeling, it's just feeling very aromatic, smelling very aromatic where I'm broadcasting. Right, what have we got for you this week? We have got NRL, plenty of NRL, lots of rugby. There's some NHL chat as well, a bit of basketball chat thrown in there for good money too. Little bit of the political element of sport. I knew this question was coming, and Craig, I'm not surprised that you were the person uh, to send it through to me. And also as well, a little bit of an interesting question coming through from my old mate Zippy over there in Brisbane, which again, I'll leave to last and see if you can help me out with, because I was really battling with this question that she's, she's throwing at me. Um, but we've got lots of really good stuff. Um, good evening, Liam. Fijoa-infused vodka? Yes. I may have partaken once or twice, but only once or twice. I still love coffee-infused Fijoa, Funny enough. Because this is Wednesday night with no age. It is where sport, talk and coffee, cheers, collide. Um, Let's get straight into this. Normal story too, if you uh, missed the uh, post on the Facebook page uh, with your questions, don't worry. Chuck them in the comments section. Uh, of this live stream here, I will get to them. I had some issues last week. I think I figure out figured out where I went wrong with regards to when I was scrolling through. I think because a few people had actually replied to some of the other questions, I think that's why I missed the main part of the question. Craig did come to me and say he actually edited uh, a question, which was the reason when halfway through when I was reading it got taken off. But um, that's where we're at with regards to that. So chuck your questions down there. Say good day and uh, I'll roll through the questions. got a couple of pages of questions that have been thrown at me for this week, and then we'll go into any questions that you've got via the live stream. Remind if you are listening to the podcast version, go on the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Nigel Yolden Sports. I'll put a post up. You can put your question there. So if you can't watch live, and there's a few people saying to me, hey, look, you know, it's nice that we've turned this into a podcast because... Uh, they like to sort of fire a question at somebody. Obviously, we know that some form of talk radio is not too far away in terms of sport or an actual dedicated sports station with uh, SENZ, um, but it's just kind of good. I, I like this interaction. It's good for me. I feel really good uh, as well. Um, just makes me feel a little bit, I, don't, I wouldn't say normal. Uh, it's just nice. I, I enjoy it. It's good for me and nice little buzz, that sort of a thing. So let's get stuck into it. Here we go. First off the rack, and we're going to start with leg from Isaac. Should Reese Walsh be starting for the Warriors? As my man Stone Cold Steve Austin would say, Isaac, oh, hell yeah. Absolutely he should be starting. He has been so good in every opportunity that he has had for the Warriors. simple fact is, is you've got to start him. You cannot tell me that he is not one of your uh, 13 best players to start. He is not one of your best six backs. Um, so, look, you've you got to start him. And does that mean, well, does that mean that you have to maybe shuffle around? Yeah. Right now, he is playing well enough to earn and be there on merit. The, the Warriors game changed when he came on against my beloved Parramatta Eels. I find it impossible as to how you cannot put him in the side. And I, for one, will not be surprised when they play this weekend if miraculously he finds himself in the starting lineup. Because. And it's something, It's it, it, I'm surprised that Nathan Brown hasn't done this because it's something that you see a lot with Australian teams, all Australian sporting teams. If you're good enough, you go in. Look at what Sam Walker going in for the Roosters, 18 years of age. And they were just like, no, nah, he's, he's in, let's give him a go. Um, we saw it, I, one sport I always see it a lot with was netball. If... To make the comparison, in New Zealand, if an old if a, a player goes down there is a tendency to look for an older veteran to come back as opposed to, hey, let's give the young one a clap crack. Now that's starting to change a little bit more now. Um but you see it a lot in Australia. It's just like let's give him a go. I honestly think you've got to get him in there, um, because he was just so influential and just doing such amazing work. Eighteen years of age, now, this kid's good enough. Are they gonna target him? Yes. Does he do you think he knows that? Yes, he knows exactly. I think you've got to get them in there. You've got to start them. It's as simple as that, Isaac. The answer is hell yes. Uh, this question from Daniel with regards to the NRL crackdown on high tackles, over the top. Don't know if that's a pun or not, Daniel. But if it is, it's it's quite a sly one, old son. Um, I was I, I, okay. Let's break this down into two parts. Am I surprised by the crackdown? No. In fact, I think the phrase we're looking for is about damn time. And I watched Peter Valandry's the other night on NRL 360, speaking with Ben Eiken, and it is about duty of care and it is about protection, and the simple fact is is the NRL, in my opinion, probably have not done enough with regards to that. Um, I wonder whether there is obviously some kind of legal action or something like that, maybe they've got a whisper of that, because normally you do these things to try and make sure that you have got examples to use should things go to litigation. But the simple fact is no, not surprised with regards to the fact that they have cracked down on it probably a little bit too late per se, but better late than never when it comes to this particular uh, type of a focus. The big thing for me was the timing. I was very surprised that they did it during Magic Round. Um, that's where I was a little bit perplexed. Um, but but no, you've got to. in and, In and, and sports like this, the high contact sports are doing this because of that that reason I mentioned and I know it's a boring one because I've mentioned it before but they're, they're worried about the lawyers they're worried about people coming and say hey you had a duty of care you you didn't do it well enough for us and so you know we're going to have a go at you so you've got to be smart it's the reason I've been saying this with regards to rugby why you people oh the game's going soft no the game isn't going soft the game is harder Faster played by more finely honed athletes than ever before That is the reason why the governing bodies want to protect themselves because it's not getting softer It is getting harder and harder and harder as the technology allows these athletes to get you know the the last inch of Performance out of each fiber of their body so that is the reason why so No, not surprised at the crackdown. Perplexed by the timing, given that the magic round is, you know, this big, you know, generally this really big thing. Obviously, you get everybody in the one spot. So, that's what confused me more than anything. Lovely to hear from you, though. Daniel is always my friend. Matt, here's our Oregon Bureau Chief checking in with Tonga, Fiji, and Samoa coming in July. How good, by the way. You know, the Pacific Island nations in here. Giddy up. This is going to be so much fun. Wouldn't it benefit all if the Māori All Blacks played more than just Samoa? Shouldn't they be playing three games as well? Minimum play Tonga. Um, The reason why, Matt, is because the game against Tonga for the All Blacks, or, or the Tonga's game against the All Blacks and Samoa's game against the Māori All Blacks is essentially a warm-up for those two teams because they've got a two-game home and away Well, not really a home and away, but a two-game, <laughs> because they're both away from home, it's a two-game Rugby World Cup qualifying series which is going to be played on the same weekends as New Zealand plays Fiji. So there is no avenue there for the Māori All Blacks to play unless they bring another team in. So it's good because it means the Māori All Blacks get that game, and they normally, they don't often get a game at this time of the year. Um, but that is the reason why it's a World Rugby window thing. I think it's great that they're going to play that particular game. Um, but yeah, that's the reason why. Samoa and Tonga, they, they they go head-to-head over two weeks, winner through to Rugby World Cup 2023. That's the reason why, with regards to that one there. Um, he then goes on to ask... Any rumours or rumblings in particular on the rugby championship, or any rumours of the ABs playing the USA in Vegas October 23rd? Now, remember, Matt is over there in the States at the moment. I've heard a lot of rumours, Matt, but the simple fact is, is it's just that it's rumours. Um, obviously, the big thing is with regards to COVID and COVID responses and um, general overall health and well-being in that, but those particular parts of the world. Um, so, no, just rumours only, nothing definitive with regards to that, um, with regards to the Rugby Championship. So from, I think they are looking to try and get it back in its, I guess it's traditional more traditional window, that, that August, September uh, sort of spot. Um, and then he continues. Lakers from the seventh seed. Nice of those cowards in Denver and across the order tank to avoid the champs. Hope Portland and Dallas take them out. Ah, uh, look. With regards to the Lakers, this is a great way to just get stuck into this. If you're the Lakers, okay. Well, look, just in general, let, let's play this. What is the worst case scenario for any team if you are playing a one-game elimination scenario? Who's who are the who are the teams you don't want to play? There's two of them. One is the Golden State Warriors, led by a dude who can just light you up and Steph Curry. The other one is the Portland Trailblazers, led by a dude who can just light you up on a night, on his own, Dame Lidder. Those are the two teams you do not want to play. The Lakers will be nervous. The Lakers have every right to be nervous because Golden State with Steph Curry, my man Draymond Green. I love Draymond. Draymond is the, the, the shining example that you don't have to put up buckets and buckets and buckets to be so influential on his team. I rate the guy. I, I think he's an amazing basketball talent. Um, great interview as well. I'd love to have a chat with him. My, he'd be—he's—he's he's right up there with regards to uh, athletes. I would love to have like a hour-long chat with. I think he would just be so cool, so so cool. Um, but yeah, if, if I'm Lakers, I'm—I'm I'm real nervous. I'm nervous about Steph Curry because he can just—he can just torture. But look, they—they they should have enough. They should have enough. But man, as I say. Golden State, Trailblazers, I think, yeah. Yeah, those are two teams you don't want to sort of get involved with. Let's keep rolling with the American sports themes here. It's my man Josh. Josh, great to have you back. And we cannot wait to get you back into the land of the long white cloud as well, my friend. Um, He's a big uh, NHL fan, as we all know. He goes, I know your flyers are out. He did send me a message saying what I thought of the Stanley Cup. My response was no flyers equals who cares. Give me some thoughts on these games thus far. Uh, OTs everywhere, one goal games except Carolina, Colorado, and the Florida Tampa game is arguably the front runner for game of the year. Now, Josh, unfortunately for me, um, well, no, actually, fortunately, because I've, I've needed the work and, and it's always nice to be keeping busy, so I haven't really been able to get my regular fix of American sports, of, of basketball and, and NHL, which I normally watch a, a fair chunk of. Um, so. As a result, I haven't seen bucket load, so I'm not really in a position to answer your question fully. Definitely not to the level that I know uh, I would normally be, be able to because I know you're someone who just absolutely loves it and, and watches it so, so much. I will say this. Lightning are my pick. I, I think that that's going to be... It's a great series they've got set up. They're my pick even as a three seed to hoist the trophy. The trophy, Lord Stanley's trophy. I saw a highlights package of Islanders Penguins. That's oh, that's just fun, absolutely fun. But the big one, and I am going to try and somehow sort of figure out how I can get some viewing of it, and I'm sure there's some way to do it where I can go back and watch and uh, find highlights package or those mini packages that they do. Dude, I'm looking forward to the Maple Leafs and the Canadiens. I mean, first time since 79 they've met in a playoff. That's going to be great. That is just going to be good. That's Not only should it be two pretty good teams, that's going to be historic for my mind. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, he also says, hardest trophy to win in professional sport. Here in Pittsburgh, because he's based in Pittsburgh, arena to 50% capacity, slowly getting back to normal, if we can call it that. And that is, I guess, the the thing now. Is it normal? Well, it's what life is right now, mate. Um, hope so. All is well, thank you, my friend, and we can't wait to get you back here as well. From DG, uh, thoughts on the first round of Trans-Tasman Super Rugby? I've got to be honest, kind of as I expected, to a, to a degree... I um, kind of had a feeling that the Highlanders would be able to get the Reds. I th- I still believe the Brumbies are the best equipped even though they did not win Super Rugby Oz or AU they're the best equipped to handle New Zealand rugby teams. Dan McKellar is a smart coach. He's got a great assistant. Uh, another guy who I'd love to sit down and have a chat with for an hour or so. Laurie Fisher. Um, Lord Laurie they call him. He's brilliant. Just a real genuine rugby guy. Um I think they've got uh, a good, solid forward pack, serviceable forward pack. They've got great skills, and they've got a bit of – there's some dynamic players there. I mean, you saw the try that Banks scored, and he caught through a couple of pretty weak Crusaders defenders right near the end. But they've got the talent to do it. Uh, Big fan of Valentino, who scored that last try as well. So, yeah, they've got some real talent there, real talent there. And you could see the – Culture, the camaraderie they have after Lloccio missed that kick. I, I was, I thought that was great that that actually ended up sort of being memed and social mediaed, and I like the way. I, I don't know who it was. One person did it. I think it was somebody. It just said Siri, uh, Siri, show me, show me the meaning of team, and it was Lloccio missing, and then the guys collapsing around him, and and, and it's true. I, I think the Brumbies are going to be the toughest nut to crack. They'll be the ones who I think I think it's really a case of, if you get the Brumbies at home, big advantage. So Chiefs and Crusaders have got a big advantage because they got them at home. Crusaders, very, very lucky. Chiefs are going to have to up their game. I think they clearly battled with that, the travel over and coming back. They didn't help themselves. Damien had an off night with the kicking. They really should have been in a position to really push away and have a crack at, at certain things. But, you know, the force has got, again, great team spirit, brought together, you know, through all the trials and tribulations that that organisation has gone to. Um, Reds will be tough, I think more so at home. Uh, Waratahs and Rebels, if you do not get bonus points, whether you're playing them in Sydney or in Melbourne or anywhere else in New Zealand, if you don't get bonus points out of that game, you won't be in the final, you won't even be in contention to be the finals. Um, Those two sides really battling at the moment. I had to commentate that Hurricanes... Waratahs game on Friday night. I couldn't get to sleep till about two thirty the the that morning because you just there was just so much happening um, in terms of points and tries and yeah, I just got very hard to switch off after that one. But yeah, I I think DG Longwinded. I I really wasn't overly surprised with regards to to performances with regards to that. Our second question: thoughts on the All Blacks playing a test at Mount Smart makes sense. Um, I think you're going to get an amazing atmosphere there. Clearly they are looking for uh, the Pacific Island community to come out in force. So I think it's going to be an amazing uh, day when you have the All Blacks, the Māori All Blacks, Tonga, Samoa. It's going to be great. And it sets up what follows over the course of the next three weeks where you've got then Fiji coming in, all Blacks playing two tests against them, and you've got that two-game Rugby World Cup qualifier between the Manu and the Kelatahi. Perfect. Love it. I think it's going to be great. Makes sense to me. Um, they'll pack it out. Could they have gone to Eden Park? Yeah, maybe. I <laughs> look. Um, they're going to get a big game at Eden Park later on in the year when South Africa play their 100th test. Um between South Africa and New Zealand, so that's that's going to be absolutely huge. I'm hearing 2nd of October, uh, unconfirmed though. Hearing rumours. Uh, so thank you very much for that, DG. It just makes sense to me, mate. It makes sense. I, I got no I got no issue with it. I think it's going to be great. I think if you can get along there, I think you're going to be treated to an amazing atmosphere, amazing fans. The Pacific Island fans support the way you should, vocal all the way through it. Um, unlike unlike us we can be a bit reserved they they support when their team needs supporting, um, there's a lot of countries around the world that do that so much better than what we do so thank you for that DG one page down, reminder if you do want to chuck your questions in here uh, feel free to do so uh, in the comments and when I've got through these questions which have come through, I've only got three more to go by the way um, I will roll through Uh, the questions that are on the comments section. So feel free to lob them in there. You can have a bit of back and forth. We'll see how it all goes, okay? Let's get on to the next question. From Ross, if Trans-Tasman round works so well, should we make it home and away, so 10 rounds, and take a couple of home games to the smaller venues? Now, Ross, I I did message you before. I don't know if you replied or not because you hadn't replied before I'd got on to the live stream. Um, I really need to know, are you meaning this year? Or are you meaning in the future? Are you meaning next year expanded out to ten rounds? Because the the big issue we're going to get if we're keeping with Super Rugby Aotearoa, Super Rugby AU, is it's the window size because we're going to complete these round of five games June fifth, I think it is, and then the final is June the twelfth. Then you've only got so you've only got four. You would have to continue it on after the July window. And I don't know if they really want to do that. I, and, you know, the international teams will very much want, I know the All Blacks and the Wallabies and all that, they'll want that time to build up and have a proper, a proper uh, lead into those particular series. Um, so it would be nice if we could do home and away. I also think one of the things, if you're looking at it for this year, I think budgets come into the mix as well. Uh, going long term, again, it's just going to be a scheduling thing. They've been very keen to try and get Super Rugby moved, so it doesn't start sort of until first week of March, last weekend of February at worst. Um, But if you then expanded it out, uh, I think that that would probably then you've got to stop and do start and pinging. It all depends what's happening with regards to Rugby Championship and how that works. So my immediate reaction is no, not at the moment. If you're thinking this year, no. If you're thinking next year, maybe, but I would, I would. I just don't like the idea of you do a competition then you stop and then you go away play internationals and then you come back. and I, I just like it to be nice and seamless and flow out. I like the way it is for the moment, so let's just see how it rolls eventually. I, I still like the idea of you just play Super Rugby AU, Super Rugby Aotearoa, get all these other comps done, and let's head for a World Club Championship and play that um, just prior to the international window. But that's me. Uh Craig. Oh Craig. You love asking me the good questions. I need a coffee hit before I answer this one. Stand by. Hang on just one moment. Mm. That's good. Uh salted caramel. Didn't realise you could get salted caramel coffee. Works massively. I was actually looking before too. Uh Good George, who's a brewer here in, in Hamilton. They have just put out they so they do an espresso martini. They've now done a salted caramel espresso martini. So have to go and see if I can find some extra pingers to go give that a crack because that sounds just lovely. Lovely. From Craig, your thoughts on the situation between New Zealand Rugby, Silver Lake, and the Players Association slash Forsyth Bar. Okay, let's take a big breath, and which is what a lot of people actually need to do, I might add as well, on both sides, but more so on the NZR side than anywhere else. Let's take a big deep breath. One. New Zealand rugby needs a cash injection, a significant cash injection, if it wants to maintain its place on the world stage. So that for me is uh, whether people want to hear that or not, they're going to have to find funds from somewhere in order to be able to continue at the level that they would like to. So that's just a... They've got to do it. If you want to take the women's game professional, which it, it needs to be done, we can't have what we had with Super Rugby uh why any that that one off game you, you can't have those athletes basically doing it for nothing um so or doing it for nothing you, you've got to make sure that if you want to advance that particular area of your game there's got to be it's gotta be monetized you need some funding with regards to that there um the the big thing for me you've then got the the clubs. And the provinces, who, who obviously need a wee bit of a, a cash boost as well. This here is where, so so that's my first point. One, a cash injection is needed from somewhere. Okay, that's a to complete for mine. Where I get a little bit frustrated, it, it does appear to me that there has been a, a little bit of fast tracking. There has been a little bit of, oh, trust us, we know what we're doing. There has been, I don't know if it's taking advantage of, but using the desperation of some provinces to to try and rattle this through. Do I have an issue with the Players Association? I actually see the Players Association side of this far more clearly than New Zealand rugby. And that is because... The Players Association are yet to sign their collective bargaining agreement for next year, which obviously is when the Silver Lake thing sort of kicks in as well. Now, it makes perfect sense to me to want to know what my contract is going to look like before actually even turning my attention to to this sort of a thing. So I can understand from a player's point of view that they would like to get the, the CBA knocked away first and then they could really focus on this side of it. That said, they have also put forward an alternative point of view, and an alternative to what is being proposed. And I think that has to be considered. And I thought New Zealand rugby's reaction was very poor, and then they had another another crack at it. And I thought that wasn't wasn't the best work either. And it it just seems like a, a lot of confusion and a lot of unnecessary. Stress being created on all parties when all everyone actually needs to do is, as I did to start this, take a deep breath, have a look, get in a room, and have meaningful dialogue. Not just the stuff that you then go running to the media for, and that's that's part of the issue as well. Both of these organisations are very good at knowing how to utilise the media for their advantage. They've got to sit down, they've got to say, right, let's sit here, let's have a chat, and no one's going to say anything outside of this room. And actually sit there and try and somehow, whether it becomes legally binding or whatever, I don't know how they do it, but there's so much stuff floating around at the moment that I don't think it's helping the situation. So from my point of view, what's the thoughts? A couple of people need to grow up big time. Another couple of people just need to take a big, deep breath. And a whole lot of people need to just read their respective rooms. And then start again, okay? And, and I don't think there's any sort of shame in saying, "Look, I, this, this hasn't gone well. Um, let's try this again." Hi, my name's Rob. I'm from the New Zealand Rugby Players Association. Oh, hi, Rob. I'm Brett from New Zealand Rugby. Starting it again um, because I don't. I, I think it's not good for New Zealand rugby at the moment that how it looks, and that is the same look that is being projected overseas as well. Because there are a lot of people who are going to be watching this particular. Um, situation play out because I know there are other rugby unions, as uh, other unions around the world, who will be going. Well, if this works for the All Blacks, can it work for us? So I just everyone, use me, old mate Brian Ashby. To I think everyone needs to calm the farm and and just breathe, think, go again. New Zealand rugby needs to consider that particular proposal put forward by the New Zealand Rugby Players Association and um, Forsyth Bar You cannot dismiss it. Um, so wantonly, um, you've got to do your due diligence right the way through as far as I'm, not that I'm any kind of lawyer or anything like that, but that's just what it seems to me. It's an interesting one, Craig, because this is the kind of stuff which (laughs) I take an interest in it, but it really doesn't float my boat when it comes to covering the sport. I like talking to the players, I like talking to the coaches, I like, you know, talking to physios and trainers and analysts and that sort of a thing this is it's kind this is a little bit more political and it's not really my bag i don't really like politics i i sort of um subscribe to the billy connolly theory about politicians which cannot be repeated on this particular show but i i think you might understand that billy obviously has a a pretty strong view <laughs> on politicians um, so yeah, it, I just, everyone just needs to come. Big deep breath. And think genuinely what is right for New Zealand and New Zealand rugby. And it's such a wide range because, yep, you've got your top group, okay? And then it just slowly filters down and down and down and down and down and down, and down right down to, to clubs and grassroots and that sort of thing. So you, you've just got such a wide area that you've got to cover off. Just please stop, think... And also one final thing I will say this as well: start chicken egos at the door because I think there's a couple of egos that have just got way way out of control with regards to this one right. I hope I answered that one reasonably well for you, Craig by the way just we would we were before i move on to zippy's question by the way we were, we were talking about this at Chief's training, and when I say we um the outstanding Ollie Ritchie uh, Aaron Goyle from the Waikato Times, Steve Osborne from from Sky Sports. In terms of the biggest hospital passes ever caught, where do you reckon Mark Robinson's stands? CEO of New Zealand Rugby. Um, Steve Chu obviously, departing post-2019. Robinson appears to have got... <laughs> he's So he's got... So he's playing at second five. He's outside of first five. He's taken on the line... He thought he saw something, totally misread it. Then he just stands there and freezes, and then his reaction is to just flick it on to his second five, and that's Robinson. And Robinson gets the ball, looks at it, looks up, and the best we could equate it to was he's got Jerome Kano coming at him from his right. He's got Jerry Collins coming at him from his left. Skulk is preparing to come over the top for cleanup duty, and Richie McCaw's charging him behind to pull for the ball. That's what it seems like to me for Mark Robinson who's a really nice dude and a smart dude but man it just seems as though he's just got the hospital passes of all hospital passes and becoming the CEO of um, New Zealand rugby you know that poor guy poor guy. Right, our final question comes from your old mate Zippy over there in, in Brisbane. And it seems as though each week I, we, we seem to stimulate her brain into action with regards to all these different topics. Um, so uh, Zippy starts out. Hello, Zippy, by the way. Lovely, lovely to hear from you, my old mate. Um, so after our discussion last week about docos, I rewatched watched Senna over the weekend. And something that struck out for me was him winning the 91 Brazilian Grand Prix and him passing out from shoulder cramps. On the slowdown laps. Now, for for people maybe not familiar with that singular race in Senna's career, he was he was under amazing pressure. Uh, I think the gearbox went. It might have been like that. So he was basically he's having to force everything. Being still still change gears, but he was having to do it manually. So he was really throwing it in and that that sort of a thing. And obviously that just you know really wore him down and. Great shot of him, he was trying, lifting up the trophy. It looked a little dramatic, but he's like, gets it to there. Then the crowd's like, oh, oh throws it up. Um, so anyway, as Zippy goes on, Senna was under immense pressure to win that race at home in Brazil. And it maybe me think about when McCaw led the All Blacks to victory in 2011 with a broken foot, because they both physically put everything on the line to bring the success that they did. So my question, where else in sport have we seen... A big win like that where an athlete is under immense pressure to win despite physical barriers. Now, it's 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 quite an interesting one for me because the only ones I could come up with, I don't really think the pressure was that immense. Not in the same way of a Brazilian sporting god still not having won in Brazil. um, McCaw as the leader with a broken foot of a rugby-mad country that has not won... Um, the trophy in, in 24 years. And and I mean, with, with McCaw, again, part of a team as well, so I think it lessens it a little bit with regards to to Senna. The only ones I could think of, and if you can throw some others at me, please feel free, we'll, we'll call them out during the, the comments. The obvious one that stood out to me because I'm a Utah Jazz fan is Jordan's flu game, game five against the Jazz, 97 finals, 38 points. Interesting story, was it the flu, was it food poisoning, apparently he ordered pizzas or something like that, they reckon there was something dodgy there. Um, Tiger in 2008, the US Open, that was the one where he, was a broken leg, torn ACL, whatever it is, one in the playoff. Um, the only other one I could think of going in, again, the Tiger individual, Tiger was always under pressure when he, whenever he went out to, to play a tournament. This one was a fascinating one for me. Just stood out. I was just like, wow. So, um, Shun Fujimoto helping Japan to win the Team Gymnastics gold medal at the 76 Olympics after breaking his kneecap, comp- competed on the rings with the injury, and ended up dislocating it when he landed. I don't know if that's you know with regards to pressure or anything like that. Um, but, yeah, I was trying to think. Physical. I mean, I always look with regards to um, the 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 more the mental pressure that people might be under, as opposed to like, the physical. I suppose more. But I was just trying to think of situations where was a a, a situation where they were under so much pressure where they had to win, um, because of you know country. You think oh, yeah, I mean, I think England in sixty six, that sort of a thing, hosting the World Cup, that that sort of a deal. So you yeah, know, trying to think of. Just examples where people were injured. I could think of situations where people were injured and still performed incredibly well. But I guess it's more that mental pressure, the external pressure, the obsessive nature of certain things like Brazil was obsessed with Senna, New Zealand obviously being obsessed with rugby to a certain degree. Um, So it's an interesting one. So if you can help me out, help Zippy out as well, and fire your thoughts through on that one there if you've got some better examples uh, from other sports that would be really really appreciated so uh, please do that so thank you to everybody who sent this uh, questions through let's run through them again thank you to thank you to isaac thank you to daniel thank you to matt josh dg craig ross and old mate zippy thank you all so much for uh, sending your questions through via the facebook page uh, for those listening to the podcast, that is uh, Nigel Yolden Sports. That's facebook.com, dot y- uh, forward slash Nigel Yolden Sports. Right, mm. righty ho. Let's have a, a bit of a look through the questions here. Good evening, Nigel. Trifijo vodka. Yes, Liam, done so. Ah, uh, from Kyron, and um, thank you very much, by the way, for um, uh, sending me through the pronunciation of your guide uh, of your name, please, Kyron. Really appreciate it. Evening, Nigel. Unsure if you caught up with it today. But our first ever meeting was held on the artificial track at Cambridge. I was uh, familiar with that. Um, Had a uh, teacher, well, I didn't. My son had a teacher only day at school, so I was otherwise occupied. Otherwise, I might have tried to sneak out to it just quietly. Uh, With another track being built in the South Island, uh, maybe another in Auckland, do you think the chance of uh, high-quality year-long racing could have much impact on the industry? Look, it can't hurt, it really can't. And it's nice to see the synthetics and... I watch a little bit. Um, I, I really enjoy watching Hong Kong racing, um, particularly at Sha Um And I think it's oh, it Tin or Happy Valley where they've got both. And occasionally you will see them alternate, you know, on the same day. It's kind of, oh, they've gone into the gone into all-weather track, gone into the synthetic. i like, oh, yeah, that's kind of cool. Um, so, yeah, I th- it's got to be good. I think it's probably a little bit long overdue. Um, so I, I do like that. And, yes, you're right. If it does mean that there can obviously be uh, more racing less impacted particularly obviously if it really belts down you know I think it it could have a significant impact obviously things are pretty challenging at the moment I think it's worth a shot having a go clearly the racing industry must think that it is going to be beneficial otherwise they would not be doing it as simple as that so stoked to see it though and, and so close I think it's going to be great you've got the the, the wonderful facilities out at uh Mata Mata, you've obviously got Aroha, who has race course there, Tarapa and Hamilton now to have this the artificial track in Cambridge. Excellent. Good. That's for sure. I mean it's right in the heart of um, the the life of the um uh, Thoroughbred community and Waikato so many horses come out of this particular area. So love it. Absolutely love it. So well done. Uh, from Steve, are you going to be on Send Sports? Um I think you for asking Stephen. No. Have have not been uh, contacted. They are mainly based in um, Auckland and Wellington, obviously, I'm in Hamilton, so, uh, I mean, if there was a, a job opportunity I and mean, either there, I'd, you know, probably would consider it. I know there's a few things coming up uh, at the moment, but, um, yeah, you know, um, it, it would be great. I'd love to be able to do what I'm doing here with you and actually hear voices coming back and have the conversation. And I know my mate, uh, Craig, who gave me the... the gear and that sort of thing to, to help with this. He's mentioned a little app as well that we might, I might try at some point um, so we can try and get that interaction going a little bit more. Um, so, yeah, 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 it's Elliot. Thank you very much. Appreciated your question last week as well, my man. Uh, from Aiden, Any chance your schedule will see you in Napier for the Hurricanes v. Force a week on Friday? I am going to be commentating that for radio, but I will not be in Napier doing so, sadly. Um, I will be calling that for Gold AM. I will be doing that um, off-screen, off-tube as we, they, they call it. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to that there. That could be an interesting old go. But uh, no, mate, I, I will not be down there, so our, our long-awaited coffee is going to have to wait. Um, but, yeah, that could be an interesting game. I, I like the Force. I like the way the Force played. I, I like them watching them through... Um, uh, Super Rugby AU, there is a tene- togetherness about them, and I thought when you know the Chiefs were heading over there, Clayton McMillan was right to make the comparison be- between those two particular teams with regards to uh, how they're doing. Uh, g'day Ross, don't worry about it, mate. Don't worry. Been painting and realised time—that's not a problem at all. So, Ross, what I was looking for was clarification on the question that you sent through. Excuse me. Um, with regards to. Having the extra round in Super Rugby Trans Tasman, mate. Just t- can you tell me, were you talking about this year, or are you talking about in the coming years? Please, I would appreciate that if you can pop that in the comments, that'd be greatly appreciated. Uh, Craig, the only other one I can think of is Sam Burgess with a broken cheekbone for the Rabbitohs grand final. Rabbitohs hadn't won a premiership in forty-three years. I think it was more of a team effort from the Rabbitohs. Yeah, that's the thing for me, and I think when you know when Zippy refers to Senna, yeah, it is a team effort in terms of the fact that he obviously is part of a team and mechanics and all that, but as soon as he gets in the car, it's on him. Mechanical failure, having to you know really physically, you know, really throw the gears in, throwing the the car around. I think there might have been, was there a power steering issue maybe too? Um, so yeah, real battle for him. Maybe even it was power steering, I'm not 100% sure. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, so, and, and the weight of the nation sort of on him. Um, but again, so I've got a lot of examples of you know people playing when they'd got injured and probably should have gone off. And I have said this before. I'm not one uh, for the oh guy, you know, like like Burgess breaks his cheekbone and continues to play because it's the grand final. That's that's not brave to me. Um, you know, yeah, sure. You do stuff like that if you find yourself in the unfortunate and uh, in, uh, uh, in the unfortunate situation where maybe you are you're fighting a war or something like that, but not for not for a sports game, not in the professional era anyway. Um, that's what I really sort of battled with, trying to find those real moments where it was that that real the 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 pressure of an entire nation sort of looking and watching. I guess it would be kind of like you know you think about the likes of Hedman Mania. And, you know, that was on, you know, Henman's Hill when he they were trying to get him to win um, uh, Wimbledon, Andy Murray, that sort of thing. So, yeah, those, those those are the sort of ones, I guess, that really sort of come up with. But, I mean, you know, in terms of fitness and that sort of a thing. Uh, so, Ross, thank you very much for replying. Going forward, making it a longer season. Yeah, look, as I say, mate, I it, you would be then going, OK, you play to a certain point, stop. July Rugby World Cup window, then you'd have to restart it afterwards. I kind of like it the way it is at the moment. I'm sure, though, if the money comes and they say, hey, can we go two rounds, that's cool. I would like Super Rugby finished before the July window, and that was always, as I understood, one of the reasons why New Zealand was very strong about moving that July window, was so that they could have their Super Rugby competitions the Super Rugby competition completed prior to, um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that one rolls out. Um, I mean, so many questions for on both sides of the ditch and, and everything. I, I, I still maintain, I would just love to see all the winners of these individual competitions meet up somewhere in the world. World Club Challenge, that is something that would get a lot of people on side and maybe be able to see it on, um, some other. Uh, other uh, other levels other than their own uh, greed and and ego and yes French club rugby owners I am mentioning uh, thinking of some of you there we are. Bucky best ground ever commentated at oh wow Bucky oh um where's the best ground I've ever commentated I mean the great thing is they every ground has its its it's its own uniqueness, its own stories. You can go to places where there's amazing history. And I was very fortunate, obviously, during my time covering the All Blacks to get to commentate in the vast majority of the top rugby venues around the world. Very blessed for that. And then I got to go to some some other spots. I never, I never imagined I was going to be calling rugby games at Soldier Field in Chicago. Police! <laughs> Never never in a million years um calling a game at croak park you know, that the, the, that you know that still blows my mind that was that was awesome um there's just so many... there's there's just little things about everything in terms of um the grounds and the venues. But one of the be- look, I've got to say it, and people hate this. One of the best places I was when at Twickenham, 2012, when England was sticking it to the All Blacks. That atmosphere was humming, absolutely fizzing at the bung, um, and it was just extraordinary. Chicago, when Ireland beat the All Blacks, brilliant, amazing atmosphere from both sides and both fan bases, I should say. Yeah, it's a tough one. I, it's a real tough one, Bucky. It's a real tough one. I'm sure it's probably Cook's Gardens in Whanganui, but I've never got to commentate there as of yet. Yeah, it's a great question. Um Best ground ever commentated at. There there is something about Twickenham. You're out there um in the open, so it's open broadcast terraces, the the, the noise that just it just swirls around and washes over you. Um the stadium in in um, Cardiff is the same. That's that's another one. the The national anthem, still still, never won the Nisbo challenge, which was try not to shed a tear during the Welsh national anthem. Just it's just impossible, just impossible to do so. So that's a tough one. Um, I really enjoyed commentating Eden Park World Cup because again we were out in the open. We were amongst that when you know the semi finals and the quarter finals and the final, just extraordinary. Yeah, you know, just uh, lovely. So I think it's probably those ones where maybe you're sort of out in the open and you're sort of amongst it to a certain degree. Uh, Ross, going forward. Okay, so going forward, making the longest. Yeah, no, yeah I just, I don't know. I, I still think you'll find there'll be some pushback from the players trying to shorten the season uh, a little bit. Because as you look at it now, so what, they've played eight games of Super Rugby Aotearoa. They're going to play another five of, Trans-Tasman, so that's 13. If you make the final, if you make the final both, it'll be 15 games in total. So, yeah, I have a funny feeling that's probably around the number that they actually are looking for. Um, One round means one loss or even no losses and you still miss out on the final. Yep. Yeah, it does. That's the reason why we've heard so much, Ross, people talk about the bonus points and even Nick White, when we spoke to him the other day at a Chiefs, Chiefs training session talking about how important bonus points were going to be. Um, and how it will sort of maybe... From their point of view, remembering that the, the Chiefs were a team who often took the points. You know, in their, in their nine games, if you include the final, they only outscored in terms of tries one team. That was the Hurricanes when they won in round five, around four, and they beat them, they scored five tries to four. The following week, they scored two tries, and the Blues scored two tries. Every other game, they were outscored in terms of tries. The opposition always scored more tries than them, even in their victories. Um, So that meant, yeah, I'm probably going to have to change a little bit. Uh, BC, I've got questions coming through, old son. I can see that question here. Nigel, are my questions coming through to the live feed? I can see that one. I might have to pop back up, make sure I haven't missed anything. But fire them through again. I've definitely got that particular comment that you have put there, my good friend. Um, So feel free to flick on Uh, Flick those questions through, BC. As I say, I just can't see any other ones at the moment, but they have been sort of popping up on a regular basis. So hopefully everything's all hunky-dory there. Uh, So keep the questions coming through. Uh, With regards to um, any sporting subject that you want, I will lurk around because I know what happened last week. Brendan sort of flicked a a message through to me. And for some reason, again, there was questions sort of just flopping up. Nick, just either... They were there, then they weren't there, and I'm thinking, oh, jeez, have I done something wrong, or what the guts is, I'm not 100% sure. Um just keep rolling on through here. Uh, I've still got still got your question coming through there, Brendan, so feel free to flick it through in the comments. Let's see if we can get something going. i tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to reply. I'm going to see whether that does anything. Uh, Kia ora. Oh, hello. What's going on here? Nope, let's get out of this. I have no idea what I've just done. Done something that I probably shouldn't have. <laughs> I'm such a technical numpty. Dear, oh dear. Oh, right, any, uh, any other questions? that are coming through? Uh, would there be a point of difference adding different bonuses, like seven points for losing or winning by over a certain number? Um, I do like, Ross, the, the thought of a alternative point scoring system and I and again though it would only work if you did home and away. Um so I would go see what I like about my suggestion for, for, for home and away it's one that a mate of mine pointed out to me they use it in the Scottish um thing was uh, three, three points for an away win, two points for a win at home, one for a draw. And that, that would work in rugby. New Zealand don't need try scoring bonus points. It's in our nature to attack for the most part. That's what we do. We, we, you watch... Young kids on a Saturday morning, you watch them as they work up through the grades. You watch verse 15 rugby. Our, our instincts are to utilise the ball in hand. We're very natural when it comes to it. We're very fortunate in that regard. Um, so, yeah, as I say, if it was home and away, play each other once, or play each other once on a home and away basis, yep, cool. So that then would sort of more lend itself to what you were suggesting Ross which is that full round system I would like to see a point scoring system like that added to Super Rugby where you should be winning at home so if you can win on the road winning on the road in New Zealand Zealand Rugby Super Rugby Aotearoa is tough so I'd like to see that sort of thrown into the mix as well Um, but yeah point scoring very I'm I'm old school win, get the points, lose, get nothing Um, but that's just me maybe there's Maybe there are some ways to do it. I'm really not 100% sure. Um, So let's have a look here. So Ross seems to think that he's got a, what am I missing here? What am I missing here? I'm trying to find these questions from my man BC, but they're just not coming through. I don't know what's going on here, Brendan. I really don't, mate. I've got your comment here, which I'm about to put a like on. Um, So I'm not sure what's going on me old mucker. I really don't know what's going on. Um, Are you doing any commentary for First 15 coverage on Sky? Um, Craig, as of yet I have uh, not been asked. I am doing some work though for Sky uh, at the moment. I'm doing a couple of netball games uh, for them. I've got another one coming up actually this Monday night. I'm going to be in Tauranga and then on the 14th of June in Hamilton I'm going to be calling. Uh, a game there. I think actually they both games are the Mystics and the Magic on both occasions. Um, so very much looking forward to, to doing that there. Nothing at the moment though. Uh, doesn't mean I'm not going to. Um, but uh, at the moment, no, I haven't been contacted with regards to uh, whether I am uh, available to do those. It'd be kind of nice. I really enjoyed doing the Super Rugby Aotearoa Under-20 tournament. I thought that was really cool. Um, really enjoyed watching those particular players um, in action. Amazing talent. Really Amazing talent there. Um, yeah, BC, I don't know what's going on, mate. So I, I will, it could be a settings thing. I don't know. Mouse may have run out of cheese. Again, I'm not really 100% with regards to that there. Um, so hang on, let's see if I can do this. Uh, no, I do not want to do that. Bloody hell, this is a bit niggly. I don't know what's going on here, my man. We've got comments, moderation. There's nothing that I haven't set. No, no, no. God, I'm a technical gumboot. I really do. I need, like, a producer or something. BC, I don't know what's going on, mate, but if I do find the questions, whatever they are, my old mate, I will. I promise I will reply to them, as I did last week as well. If you are asking, BC, the obvious question, which is by how many points do you suspect Wanganui is going to win the Meads Cup final by... Look, it's probably going to be around about fifteen to twenty. Um, you know you've got to give respect to whatever team will meet us in the final. and um, but yeah, we know we'll roll over the top of them at Cook's Gardens to finish it off um and retain the Ranfordy Shield as well, because it's quite interesting, and Aiden already knows this. I mean, there was a bit of a uh, bit of banter online with regards to potential Ranfordy Shield challenges with regards to the uh, Bunning's NPC draw. Simple factors. Shield is not going to be in the Bunnings NPC because the good folks from North Otago are going to shock the world on the 30th of June. Uh, they sadly though are going to yeah. See the Wairarapa Bush one comes through BC quick as that. No problems there. I've got your question there, old son. Um, so North Otago beats Hawkes Bay in a great upset. Obviously, the celebrations go on for a very, very long time. Actually, impinges on North Otago's first defence, which is against South Canterbury. Week one of the Heartland Championship, the greatest rugby competition in the world. Week two of the Heartland Championship, South Canterbury have to defend against the juggernaut that is the Butcher Boys of Whanganui. South Canterbury, God bless them, try very hard, but they lose by 40. And then Wanganui basically defends the Ranfurly Shield until the end of time. Simple as that. I'll take that coffee on it, Aiden. <laughs> We've got to get together first, so we can buy. We'll be buying you two coffees. But anyway, um, very much appreciate it. See, Brendan, it's come through. I can I can see the Warabush Warabu Bush will Win. Warabu Bush plays Wanganui, so we might have a coffee on that one as well, old son. Any uh, golden nuggets players that stood out for you whilst commentating the under twenty uh, tournament? Uh, From Stace. (laughs) There are a lot of really good players at that tournament, Stace. A lot of really good players. And there were a few who I honestly thought should have made the under-20 squad. And if I was being a little bit cynical, I would almost say that in some instances, I wonder whether the vast majority of that squad had already been picked before the tournament. Um, But there were guys um, who just... I, I just liked... The the cut of their their jib, to use that old term. I love the way they played. Um, I liked uh, Kane O'Connor. I think he's a Bay of Plenty halfback. I just love the speed and the delivery that he provided. Uh, He came in when Ben Strang was um, invalided out from the Chiefs, and there were a couple of Ben Strangs at that um, particular tournament. Um, But I thought he was really good. I also like the young halfback for the Crusaders too. Uh, there was a guy down south, I think he'll be playing, I suspect he'll be playing for Southland in the Bunnings MPC, uh, Polico. A big, really good ball carrying loose forward. I think he can play either six or eight, strikes me as being a really good eight type. Um, kind of a, he's got great mobility, but he's got great strength, he's got great skill, and, Billy Vunapola-esque type skill set is the way I would describe it. I thought he was really good. Young fella again out of Bay of Plenty by the name of Nakora Broughton, who I thought should have probably made that team. He was out of the um, the, the chief side. Um, wonderful. So much talent floating around. And, and it is reflected in the team. Don't get me wrong. It's a really good under-20s team that uh, Tambai Manson and his crew have, um, have named. But yeah, yeah, just the, the talent is amazing. We remember there was myself and Willie Lawson, Ben Castle, and you know, just every we were, we got ahead of the last game. We were like, okay, last set of games, the Saturday, we get a, a sheet through from the producer at Sky. He's like, okay, look, can you give us your standout players? And we're sitting there, what about this guy? What about this? What about this bloke? There were so many incredibly talented players coming through, and the the depth is um, just so good. You're already seeing one. I mean. Uh, so Oni Vakina has been playing the last couple of games for the Blues. Um, we're seeing Josh Lord sort of get a little bit more of a run now. He had a gallop there at one point. So there's um, some really good, really good um, talent coming through, Stace. Uh, but yeah, a couple the, the ones. it's interesting. It, it, we saw it with um, blinds, uh, with open side flankers. That you call it the McCaw effect, you know. You're seeing the Aaron Smith effect starting to come through in terms of halfbacks, yes there are still some halfbacks who rely a little bit more on their size and physicality at this particular level but there's a bunch of young kids who are just quick to the breakdown great delivery really good with their their box kicking the little tops kicks they've got all of that stuff there. great at reading great scramble um really really gutsy for their size the the one for me yeah yeah as I say that's the one position where you just sit there and just like There's some great halfback coming through, great talent coming through, and I put it all down to I I put it a lot down to Aaron Smith. I really do. When you have someone who plays the way he plays, and Aaron Smith's just been lights out. Man, he's playing some seriously good code at the moment. Um, I think there is that flow on effect. Um so really interested to see that. Um and enjoying the netty. The netty's been good. If you saw on Monday night, the, the overtime game between the Tactics and the Mystics. Man, that was awesome. Ali Bird, who normally shoots from about, you know, maybe half a metre, out from underneath the hoop, dropping one in pretty much from the circle edge to send it to overtime. And then the Tactics uh, finding themselves down a little bit, yet still getting up and getting the, the win in OT. Really good. There's some really good netball being played at the moment. Really good netball being played at the moment. Uh, so thank you very much for that question, Stacey. Great talent, outstanding talents coming through. No, it's got nothing to do with the fact that you don't drink coffee, BC. No time at all. Ross and Dunedin, thank you very much. There goes the alarm saying that you need to get your old backside to bed, so we're going to have to wrap this up very shortly. Would be epic to see the Ramfury Shield on the Heartland Championship. No, Craig, it would be beyond epic. It would just be... It would actually be the best thing to happen to New Zealand rugby, in a very, very long time. It would, <laughs> in my incredibly biased opinion, it would supplant any deal that they can do with Forsyth Bar or Silver Lake or anyone else or any of that sort of stuff to have the Ranfurly Shield go around what it would do to those provinces. Um, just, it's immeasurable. You know, we know that there's a lot of those provinces that are under real put put a lot of pressure on. That's the reason why we never got a Heartland Championship last year. And I know that you know there were still representative programs done for teams in that particular competition, and that was great to see and nice to see some of them as well getting broadcast too. But um, you know, if the Ranfurly Shield, man, could you could, you, you could just imagine what it would be like if you know if if, if teams if Thames Valley won the Ranfurly Shield. You know what it'd be like in Pyro and Teatroha. You know, if King Country got the admits on it, my goodness gracious me. How awesome would that be? Heading down to Tamaranui or Owen Delaney Park in Topol. Uh, take it down to the deep south if you know North Otago. Come on, North Otago, do the job for us. Do it for us. Bring it to hashtag bring it to the heartland, please. That would be absolutely amazing. It would be so good. Um and, yeah, it, obviously New Zealand Rugby would have to figure out a way to get it back up in there because, obviously, it's quite a significant thing for them there. But, man, it would be, it'd be great. I would love to see that piece, of that, that wonderful bit of silverware go into the Heartland Championship, throw it in with the hand and shield that they play for down south. That would be cool. Very cool indeed. Uh Aiden just saying news Justin sixteen and a half thousand allowed to watch the Lions versus Japan at Murrayfield. Well that's now that's that's good news on two fronts. One, it's nice that obviously, you know, people up in that part of the world are going to be able to go and watch games. But if they are at that particular level where they can do it safely, there is a chance then for end of year tours, which obviously means again another dimension to World Rugby, as we know it, the, you know, these tournament. we know we've got a full series of July window games taking place. It means now that we can obviously maybe look at reciprocal November. Can we get games going back up there? And again, that normal normalcy or element of normalcy comes back. So fingers crossed. Thank you very much for sending that through, Aiden. Folks, I think we better wrap it up because I've been um, banging on here for well over an hour. This has been a bucket load of fun. Um, BC, I'll, I'll try and figure it out, mate. I might flick you a, a, um, a direct message or something like that there. It just makes no sense. But, look, your rapper could win it. Anyone could win it. It's great that we've got the draws out for the Bunnings MPC, um, Heartland Championship, the Provincial comps. Love the Provincial Competitions all the way as much as... Obviously, I enjoy Super Rugby and, and enjoyed Super Rugby Trans-Tasman. I thought it was really cool, actually, to get... There was something nice about seeing the Aussie teams over here. I'm looking forward to commentating the Brumbies and the Chiefs on, on Saturday night. Um, you know, it, it is a close relationship, and it's one that it was really nice. I really enjoyed watching it. It was just good to see, good to see the teams back. And I thought overall, I think it was reflected too, because in terms of you know, social media and that sort of thing, I think it showed a lot. You saw it in the stands and the games on both sides of the Tasman. I also think you saw it reflected as well on social media, which is now a little bit of a barometer in that regard too. So um, thank you to everyone for the questions that you've sent through via the live comments. Thank you to those people that sent through the questions via the Facebook post. We will have the podcast up Uh, ASAP. For those of you listening to the podcast, if you do want to get involved, facebook.com forward slash Nigel Yon Sports. Send me your question. I'll make sure it gets added to the list of questions for Wednesday Night with Nigel. Thank you so much for your company. Uh, Looking forward to doing this all again next Wednesday. Another busy, busy weekend of sports. So if anything sort of piques your interest, make sure make a note of it. Flick it through to me. We're going to have a good old chinwag about it next Wednesday night. Go well.